This is Retirement Paradise with Greg Gunther from the Retirement Optimization Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Greg provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals your money and your plans in perfect harmony. And now here is Greg Gunther to help you retire in paradise. Aloha and welcome back to Retirement Paradise. This is Greg Gunther from the Retirement Optimization Group. If you'd like some more information about what you're here doing our show today, please give us a call at 808-791-2924. You can also visit us online at therogroup.org. Now, during a particularly challenged day at work, do you ever toss your reading glasses onto your desk and lean back in your chair and dream about retirement? If the answer is yes, you're probably not alone. But like many others, you probably snap back to reality when you recall that your retirement is still a few years down the road. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, have you been uh, spying on me? That sounds exactly (laughs) like something that's happened yesterday. It's you're not alone. You know, what about early retirement? One common way to potentially retire early is by utilizing a new method called FIRE, which stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. Uh, At its most basic, FIRE is intended to help you save enough money to retire before you're 65. Now, FIRE has been highlighted often in articles and news stories, so I thought it would be an excellent topic for us today. Uh, You heard him, but let me introduce my co-host, Tony Shore, who I hope won't get any ideas about retiring early given today's topic. Oh, no worries. Uh, You know, what's that old saying? When you love your job, it's not work or it doesn't feel like work. And that's how I feel about uh, really radio and co-hosting this show with you, especially because I'm going to do this as long as my voice holds out. So to me, it's fun. It's not work. So as long as my voice holds out, we're we're on. Right. So uh, but fire, I have heard something about that or read something about that. And interesting that we're talking about possibly retiring early. Um, You know, I've only heard of that in a kind of sort of way, but I'm eager to hear what you have for us. That scenario you uh, talked about sounds exactly like days I've had. (laughs) (laughs) Throw my glasses down on the desk, lean back and go, hmm. Right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, this fire movement, you know, I read a lot of financial articles and it's kind of becoming uh, trendy. And I have an article from U.S. News and yep. World Report and it's called A Guide to the Fire Movement. And it's got some information I think uh, was interesting. I'd like to share it today. And if you'd like to read the article yourself, it's available at money.usnews.com. Now, first and foremost, it's important to recognize that the fire movement is about far more than a few calculations written out on an old envelope. Fire has basically two key components. Component one is gaining financial independence, and the second component is retiring early. Now, to that end, fire requires you to save and invest aggressively during your career so you can create that nest egg, uh, which will lead to passive income that will most likely allow you to leave work early and once and for all. You know, at the earlier age than let's say many of your peers and colleagues. And remember, 65 or before 60. 65 is still considered early retirement by, by definition. Now, though it does depend on your current financial circumstances as well as your goals, it's not uncommon for those who embrace fire to want to retire in their 50s and some people even in their 40s, believe it or not. Wow. Wow. Yeah, the fire movement I know is all about retiring as early and as comfortably as possible. 
which sounds great in theory, right? But uh, how it actually works is probably another thing. How, how does it actually work? Well, it begins by assessing how much money you spend annually, right? We have to have a target to aim at. If you can live off of $1,000 a month, it's going to be a lot easier than if you need you know, $10,000 a month. So find out what that number is. And from there, your total expenses can be multiplied by 25. So as the article explains, when the money's invested mainly in equities, it may be enough to allow you to live off the proceeds for as much as three decades if you use that old uh, 4% rule, which we've talked about on the show before. That's an old rule. 4% is the, used to be the safe number where you can withdraw from your portfolio without running out of money. Now, it's been updated by Morningstar to like three-ish percent, but that only applies to equities, things that you have to physically sell to turn into cash to spend. There are yield-based portfolios um, that our team does where we can actually manage more than a 4% yield. But for this purpose, uh, that wow. 4% rule is, I think, a good a good rule of thumb to, to kind of lean on. Now, as an example, yeah. you spend 50000 a year, let's say, on your expenses. That's what you need. That's our target that you want to aim at. Um, so you might want to have a savings of one point. Two five million. Well, one and a quarter million would be your goal. So that's twenty five times your fifty thousand. Now, once you hit that goal, you could potentially retire on that four percent rule, which again would be your fifty thousand a year. Yeah, yeah. Of course, there are a lot of variables and factors that play into that. And uh, you're right. I mean, I've I've read articles where the four percent rule is now less than three uh, percent in some cases. So. You, you got to watch out uh, and be careful and work with somebody like yourself. Our listeners can work with you, Greg, to figure out if they can do this and what they're going to need. Uh, this sounds intriguing to me, but it also sounds like something you don't want to try to do on your own, right? Yeah. You've got to have the help of a financial advisor, a professional like yourself especially if investing is going to be part of that overall strategy, correct? Yeah, you, you can't really understate that because if you do it yourself and you're in, say, you know, your old 401k or just some generic mutual funds, you're probably looking at that 2.8% withdrawal rate. And I get asked that all the time. How much can I safely withdraw? Well, if you have these cookie cutter types of savings, you know, 2.8 is technically the safe number. If you want yep. that for four and a half, five percent, even six percent withdrawal rate, you have to get some sophisticated portfolios. You got to be in the right yeah. investment vehicles. And so we help people do that all the time. You know, I, I work backwards. And when we know how much a person needs to withdraw expressed as a percentage, we can fit the right portfolios and investment vehicles in there to to accomplish that. Now, of course, there's certainly risks anytime you're investing. Um, we don't have enough time on our show to address all these risks. Uh, therefore, if investing is part of your strategy, highly recommend working with a financial services professional. Now, back on topic, when it comes to the FIRE method, you have options other than just investing in equities. You could potentially purchase real estate, develop a side business that ultimately creates passive income. Uh, your approach will mainly come down to your preferred retirement lifestyle. The article explains that there's Fat fire, which is having enough to live in style, um, <laughs> which is saving enough to quit your corporate job, but still maybe needing a less stressful job, like working at a coffee shop. Uh, there's slow fi, which is working towards financial independence at your own pace. And then there's coast fire, which is the goal of having enough money in your retirement account so you don't have to make any further contributions because that amount is going to grow in the subsequent years to support your lifestyle. Wow. So yeah, there's I've heard fat fire, barista fire, slow fi, 
uh, Coast Fire, uh, all this stuff. Uh, sounds like you're a pyromaniac describing all this, <laughs> but I- I'm sure fire has a lot of potential benefits, but also risks that you're going to be telling us about. Start with the rundown of the benefits of the fire method or retiring early. Well, a significant uh, benefit of fire is that it can educate you about your money and finances in general as you focus your time and attention on budgeting and working with your financial service professional to closely monitor these investments. Beyond that, FIRE may provide you with an opportunity to leave a career maybe you don't find it, uh, you no longer find fulfilling or rewarding. And in some ways, FIRE is about taking more control of your financial future. Time itself may also be one of FIRE's possible benefits. If you've long wanted to start your own business, building financial security through the FIRE philosophy may provide you with an opportunity to finally take that entrepreneurial plunge. An open and frank conversation with your financial service professional may reveal additional potential benefits as well. Right. So uh, let's touch on the potential risks then uh, of fire. Um, But first, I want to let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you if they want to go over a plan like this or figure out when they can retire. Yeah, getting your your target set, your date set, your income goal set, all of that needs to be addressed. If you have any questions about what you hear during our show today, uh, feel free to give us a call at 808-791-2924. All right. Well, let's continue. Uh, You've shared some of FIRE's potential benefits, so let's look at some of the philosophy's potential risks. Sure. Now, FIRE has several potential risks you should be fully aware of. The first of which is that if you retire early, you may be on the hook for your entire health care bills. Now, remember, in yeah. most cases, you weren't eligible for Medicare until 65. So if you were to retire at 50, what would having to pay health care out of your own pocket for as long as 15 years do to your strategy and nest egg? Uh, additionally, as we noted in the first segment, Finding success with the FIRE philosophy is largely predicated on successful investing. Now, but what if your investments don't perform as well as expected? What then? Finally, even all the financial parts of your FIRE strategy at work, there may be other more subtle downsides to retiring early. Uh, what if your spouse continues to work? Your close friends are still working. How are you gonna fill your days? You know, for many, work is a significant social outlet. It's important not just to have a financial strategy for retiring early, but to have a strategy for your personal life in early retirement as well. Don't think of retiring as you're retiring away from work, but think of it as you're retiring to something. Right. That's a great point, Greg. But I don't want to bury the lead here, and I don't want to accuse you of burying the lead, but I want to go back to something before we move on that you started off with there, and that is health care costs. I think this is the number one reason that a lot of our listeners out there may not be able to retire early because I don't think people realize you cannot take Medicare, like you said, until you turn 65. And if you don't have, most employers nowadays don't let you continue to be on the same plan at the same price after you quit your job or retire. So you don't get that benefit through your work. And people say, well, there's COBRA or there's this, that. I'll tell you what, COBRA insurance or paying out of your own pocket is outrageously expensive. And Mm -hmm. my neighbor was in that category. They had some money, but uh, he worked for the government. So he had such great health care, but his wife uh, didn't work. And she was a lot younger than him. So he was 70, but she was still not 65. 
and he couldn't retire because they couldn't afford to pay her health care insurance if he retired. Yep. So that that's the pro for both of them. They would have had to pay their health care insurance. I mean, they were paying like less than two hundred dollars a month for the greatest full coverage you could possibly imagine. And she had a lot of health issues. So uh, that keeps a lot of people working longer than they should. But it's another reason why people need to meet with you, because I know there are strategies and things you can look at and ways to cover health care costs in retirement. Right? Yeah. I mean, health savings accounts. Um, if you have to get your own policy, I mean, you probably add at least a thousand dollars a month to your to your income goal. So you have to factor in the yeah. cost of the premiums as well. Yeah, you need to have those open and honest conversations with a financial advisor before you make any decisions. That's for sure. Absolutely. And and clearly the FIRE philosophy isn't one that's going to work for everyone. I mean, for many, it will require some level of frugality um, and will also require a strategy for you know occupying your newfound time. Like we said earlier, working some of these issues with your financial service professional can be very beneficial. Now, Another article about the FIRE movement that I have that I want to share is also U.S. News & World Report, and it's titled Seven Lessons from Those Who Retired by FIRE. Um, You can also get this on money.usnews.com. Now, as the title implies, the article shares reflections from those who put the FIRE philosophy into action, and I think it'll give us another uh, layer to our conversation. So lesson number one is get ready to spend less. So again, the FIRE philosophy requires a significant commitment to saving money, in some cases socking away as much as 50% of your salary. Uh, Ultimately, retiring early may require living well below your means before you're retired. Will it be okay with uh, if you watch your friends and coworkers drive new cars and take better vacations and splurge more during the holidays while you're pinching your your pennies? I mean, that's something that you have to consider. Yeah, of course. Well, they're working into their 70s or late 60s, you'll be kicked back on a beach somewhere. So, you know, there's sacrifice that needs to be made, but the payoff or reward uh, might be good enough in some cases. It depends on your personal situation and certain aspects of retiring early sound great, but I do like my job personally, and I'm not willing to give up some of those things my family and I enjoy. But again, that's my perspective and my situation. A lot of our listeners might have a different perspective. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's unique to the individual. You know, my, my father-in-law retired early um, and he is really good at pinching his pennies. I mean, they go to this place uh, in Hawaii called The Dump, which is basically a goodwill. <laughs> they call it The Dump because all these people donate their stuff and then they they don't sift through it first. They just literally dump it out on these, on this on the tables. And sometimes you'll find things like coach purses, um, really top flight stuff. And it's like a couple dollars, you know, so they're able to like furnish their house. Like with that, his tool shed from, from yard sales, um, anywhere he can save money. Um, he's, he's excellent at that. So it's all about your, your philosophy and, and your, your desires. And essentially it means doing some of the things uh, that you you might dream about doing retirement. You might actually have to put on hold, you know, for example, if you daydream about buying that top shelf road bike and hitting the trails every day you know why not buy the bike and hit those trails on the weekends while you're still working at least you're gonna at least you know check that off your list and uh yeah you know you get some exercise at the same time yeah that sounds Mm. great it's a sensible move right right now the next piece of advice is to change how you approach money so when you reach what you consider financial independence your budget i run to it by the way (laughs) my approach is is just I, if I see it, I run as fast as I can to it. 
That's how I approve. Yeah, there you go. Um, your budget <laughs> may have to look a little different because you'll no longer have that constant steady paycheck you're receiving during your working year. So as often I tell my clients, living off your investments and spending down what you've saved requires a completely different way of thinking, as well as a new skill set. I mean, many people will have to live off of less than their original salary uh, for their money to last the duration of their retirement, which means you have to stick to a fairly tight budget. And in my experience, it's often a lot harder than people expect it to be. Well, you're right. And once again, definitely work closely with somebody like yourself before you make any of these decisions. So what's next? Well, next, if you choose to move forward with this uh, FIRE philosophy, of course, with the guidance of your financial service professional, you should expect some challenges. Now, as we alluded to earlier, retiring early means one of your largest social outlets is gone and also means a big part of your personal identity is gone also. So have a plan ready that can help you deal with loneliness and boredom, which I can tell you from speaking to some my clients it's it's part of retirement for some people yeah that's true and as with any major transition there's going to be good moments and tough moments during that adjustment process too yeah and also while goals are important part of most financial strategies they are particularly important with regard to the fire philosophy know where you want to go and know what you need to do to get there the fire philosophy isn't something that you can go halfway in on in my opinion Right. Good point. And I'm glad you're sharing these details today, Greg, about the FIRE movement, because uh, that philosophy that you said, it stands for financial independence, retire early. And this has been a big movement out there. And, uh, you know, occasionally an article will pop up or I'll hear somebody talking about it. It's really built for those people who want to retire as early as possible. And I bet we've got a few listeners out there who are that way. Yep. And uh, during our previous two segments, we mentioned that retiring early will leave you with lots of time in your hands. And at a moment when your spouse and many of your friends might still be working, you know, through that traditional Monday through Friday schedule, which means it's going to be more challenging to avoid the loneliness and to stay active. Now, I enjoyed a a Forbes article and it was titled How to Stay Active in Retirement Regardless of Your Nest Egg Size, I think has some very good and easily achievable advice. Um, This is available on Forbes.com. The first thing you may want to consider is focusing on developing healthy habits. That's also going to keep the medical bills down, right? While retirement is certainly a time to permanently unplug the alarm clock, you don't want to fall into bad habits. Find a physical activity that you enjoy. Do it on a regular basis, whether it's long walks on the beach, a bike ride, uh, pickleball uh, with friends, getting two and a half hours of moderate intensity, uh, weekly exercise, uh, hiking, all this stuff is good and can positively impact your overall health. And the good news is things like walking, riding your bike are are free and not only making them good for your waistline, but good for your budget as well. Yeah. Well, you mentioned pickleball there. Do you play pickleball? I don't, but it's it's becoming very popular. Um, People, I see people in the parks playing all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I have as well. That's interesting. I've never played it, but uh, uh, there were some really nice tennis courts in our neighborhood near our house, about two blocks away that I used to walk down with my kids when they were younger uh, in school and we used to, you know, play a little tennis at the ball. They've torn all those uh, tennis courts out and turned them all into permanent pickleball courts. So I'm hoping it's fun because there's no more tennis court there. <laughs> so I guess I, I'm going to try it. You know, I'm in my 50s. Seems like the the age of a lot of the players there is 40 or 50 or 60. So 
Uh, but getting exercise is essential, like you say, right? Yeah, and I've, I've never tried pickleball, but I've, I've played tennis, and uh, I'm absolutely terrible at it. So I think maybe oh, that might be I'm why. Horrible, but, <laughs> I'm horrible, but it's fun. I think pickleball is a little easier, a little more uh, back and forth. So and I'll, I'll give yeah. it a try. Yeah. But, uh, you know, back on top, I can't tell you how many times I've heard a client say something along the lines of, boy, I'd really love to pursue this or that, but I just don't have the time. Well, guess what? Now, you know, you're once you're retired, you have the time. So regular listeners have heard me say on previous episodes that retirement is your reward for decades of hard work and financial discipline. So make the most of it. You don't need me to tell you that the list of potential new hobbies is basically endless. And I'm sure you've had things you've been wanting to try for years. Just bear in mind that some hobbies are more expensive than others. So if you want to pick up something like scuba diving, you might want to review your budget um, and talk to your financial services professional. Yeah, that's a good idea. Hey, I've got a scuba diving joke for you. You ready? Oh, let's hear it. So, Greg, what do you call a Norwegian scuba diver? I I don't know. A fjord explorer. Oh, <laughs> well, that's a good dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right enough of that so uh yep that's a dad joke now what else do you have for us well uh similar to picking up a new hobby retirement may be the ideal time to finally start your own business in fact a guidant financials uh 2020 small business trends for baby boomers cited in in the article found that an eye-opening 41 percent of small business owners or franchise owners were baby boomers so while in yeah, some way it. it might not feel it may feel a little odd to develop a business plan after you retire, but the reality is it may be a great way to put your skills and experience to work by also keeping your, your brain busy. You know, consider that you may not need to make a great deal of money from your new business in retirement. Even a little bit is going to help. If your retirement strategy is in good shape, you may be in a position to view income from your business as fun money, extra money that you can use to travel, dine out, um, and, and pursue other interests. Yeah. Well, and I think we can often start viewing uh, a business as a way to potentially make a nice salary, at least eventually. But I like how you noted that when we're retired, a business can be more about having something to do while making a little extra cash. Right. And that, and I've always thought about starting opening my own little record store. It, I could probably, I, I have enough in my own collection to open a store. So yeah. And uh, there's no pressure, you know, if, if the business fails, it, you, it, you can walk away from it, but it also fills yep. that time gap that we talked about earlier. You know, if it's something you love doing, like, uh, like cooking, for example, maybe make a few dishes, go and get a booth at the farmer's market, you know, once or twice a week, make a little extra cash and have some fun. Right. Yeah, that that's a good one. And I think, uh, you know, uh, people do view it that way and, uh, you know, make a little extra cash maybe. So uh, what's the next piece of advice you have for us? Well, the article suggests um, that retirement may be a good time to go back to school. Uh, did you ever have a successful career without a, a degree, but always kind of regretted it? I mean, most careers don't really align with the degree you got in college. Retirement may be your opportunity to enroll in some classes. Um, again, maybe I'll use that cooking analogy again. Maybe you want to take a cooking class or maybe it's something that interests you like astrology or something like that. Um, going back to school to maybe even earn a different degree, it might be um, just something you do because it interests you. And don't forget, some colleges have discounts or special payment plans for older students. So while you're younger, getting a degree can come up with a fair amount of pressure because it's tied to eventually getting the job of your chosen field. But when you go back to school as a retiree, 
the pressure's gone. You're there simply for pleasure and to learn new things. Yeah, that sounds great. Hey, I think we've got time for one more, Greg. What do you have for us? Well, if you've built up a healthy amount of savings and your financial strategy is up to date, you may want to consider moving to another community, whether near your current home or far away. While some of my clients have told me the last place that they'd ever want to live is a senior community, I've had other clients thrive in that type of community. So many contemporary senior communities have excellent architecture, resort style amenities, beautiful landscaping, and access to uh, broader communities. Now, while these are prevalent in places you'd expect like Florida and the Southwest, they're actually springing up all over the country. While some of these communities can be expensive, with a little research, you may be able to find something that fits your budget. And don't forget, thanks to video meeting softwares like Zoom, you can maintain your relationship with your financial service professional, even if you move uh, across the country. Yeah. Yeah. And I, boy, you know, used to think, oh, senior living, you think a nursing home. But I, I was talking to somebody <clears throat> who in Florida who moved down to Florida to be part of one of the new margaritaville senior living communities and it's more and it's any it's 55 plus right so the minimum age is 55 it's not like everybody's 80 plus but it's 55 and up and it's more like a resort and it sounds amazing and they're building those all over the place arizona florida california so uh you know i mean there are more and more options out there for that well you know, this has been a fun, info-filled show, Greg. Anything else you want to add before we go today? Well, if you'd like to talk about anything we discussed on our show, whether it be your retirement goals, um, getting a, a number in place, a date in mind, trying to find out if your savings is, is up to par, or you want your portfolio reviewed, give us a call, 808-791-2924. You can also visit us online at therogroup.org. All right, sounds great. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Retirement Paradise with our host, Greg Gunther. Thank you for listening to Retirement Paradise. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Greg Gunther at the Retirement Optimization Group. Call 808-791-2924 or visit their website at therogroup.org. Greg Gunther and the Retirement Optimization Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.